are listening to an Awkward Human podcast. For more information on this podcast or all of our shows, visit awkwardhuman.com slash shows. Hey everyone, how's everyone doing? Welcome to an all new episode of Interview with a Nerd. This is episode number 29 and I am your host, Richard Cardenas. Um, yeah, how's everyone doing? It's been a while, but here we are, we're back. Um, let's see, what's been going on in my life? Oh, here's one of the things that I did recently. Uh, uh, I think it was last week or probably like two weeks ago. I don't know when this is coming up, but <laughs> I went to go see uh, Tu Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar, at the uh, the uh, Cinespia. Um, it's at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, and it's this like outdoor situation for those who don't know. Um, they basically project the movie on this large, um, I want to say it's a monolith. I'm not really sure, but anyway, and then, uh, they have a bunch of people just kind of like gathered out on the lawn and like lawn chairs and stuff like that. So, uh, it was pretty neat. It was, uh, super cool actually, because the neat thing about doing that kind of stuff is that, uh, there are just like tons and tons of fans of that, uh, movie that you're going to go see. I once did one in Pasadena for Clueless and, you know, people dress up and, you know, these are old, you know, iconic movies that people love so much. And so like they get really into it and I really liked it because, uh, it's, Clueless, I love, but Tu Wong Fu is probably like my favorite movie of all time. And so uh, being around people who were dressed up for the occasion, uh, strawberries are red. If you know what that means, then yay. <laughs> so they were all, a lot of people were dressed up in red, uh, red and wild for the theme. And um, it was pretty cool. People were like saying the lines out loud, uh, cheering at the right times and everything. It was just so much fun. Uh, so anyway, that's one of the things I did that was, uh, really making me a bit happy because it's, it had been a while since I'd seen the movie and, uh, it was really nice to be able to do that with, with some friends. And, uh, yeah, let's see what else has been going on. I've been watching a lot of movies. I recently saw Incredibles 2, which I thought was a lot of fun. Personally, I prefer the first one, but this one is still a lot of fun. Um, there are some little things here and there that I think uh, are questionable, <laughs> but as far as like choices go, not like um, they were doing something bad, but like, should it have gone that way? Anyway, uh, there, were, there were some things that were questionable, but uh, overall, I really enjoyed it. I thought this one was much funnier than the first one, but uh, maybe I still have nostalgia for the first one or something, but I don't know. To me... I enjoyed the first one a whole lot more, um, but this one is still grade A fun. So go check that out. Um, I guess it's a recommendation. It's not going to be in the official slate of recommendations, though, because I have some other things that I have in there. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I don't know. I think that's kind of it. I've been working a lot uh, recently on, on on my creative stuff, uh, doing a lot of writing, which is really good. Um, I... For those of you who don't know, I don't have really like a background of writing or like creative stuff. I mean, I did music for a really long time and that's pretty much it. Uh, I was always interested in like entertainment, but I never really like got in there. So uh, even though I was very interested in, you know, like acting, writing and, 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 and directing and doing all that stuff, like I never really got into it. And so now as I've gotten older, I've been kind of like telling myself, just do it, you know, um, just, just, there's no one who's going to tell you 
Okay, wait, no, I'm going to stop you right there. Because I was about to say, there's no one that's going to tell you no, but that's not true. <laughs> I mean, the entertainment business is all about rejection, right? However, um, you can always, if there's something that you want to do, I think that you should always kind of like go for it, strive for it, always do it. Because even if you feel that you don't have the skills or the knowledge or um, your creativity or anything. I think if you're really like passionate about something, you should really go for it. And I've been reading a lot of books and things that um, have been talking about this. Recently, um, I finished a graphic novel called Not My Bag by Sina Grace. And in it, he uh, kind of chronicles his, his short experience with working in retail and kind of putting aside his dreams of becoming a comic book uh, artist and writer and um, using the retail as an excuse to not work on his comic book. And so at the end of the whole story, he kind of like has this realization, like this isn't making me happy. It's kind of a toxic environment and it's not getting me any closer to where I actually want to be. And so he decides that he needs to like leave that job and just focus on on his writing and on his, on his um, comic book art and stuff. So that was kind of inspiring. And then there's this manga, my very first manga that I ever read called My Lesbian Experience with Loneliness, uh, written by um, Nagata Kabi, I believe is her name. And uh, she uh, wrote and drew or illustrated that manga. And it's about this girl who is battling depression and social anxiety, and she doesn't really understand why she's like this. You know, she goes out for regular jobs and, and she is not really succeeding at that until one day she realizes that there's something different about her. There's always been something different about her. And she questions her sexuality and she kind of experiments with her sexuality a little bit. And, and also she decides that she's like, I guess in one of the interviews that she went on um, to do like a regular, you know, nine to five job, they asked her what her passion was. And she said, comic book writing. And she'd like, I guess, lit up when she was talking about this thing. And the the person interviewing her was like, we're not going to hire you for this job, but you need to pursue that because you have a passion when you talk about it. And clearly this job isn't what you want to do. So we're going to be doing you a favor by not hiring you, even though we know you could do like a good job here or whatever. Like it's not going to do you any favors, pursue your dream. And she was like, Oh shit. <laughs> so she started pursuing her dream. She, she gained some success with that eventually um, after she decided to do it. And that also that book ends on a good note of like, once you're able to kind of accept and dis or discover and accept who you are and, um, realize kind of the things that are holding you back uh, and start pursuing the things that uh, you have a passion for, you become more free. There's a weight lifted off of you. And obviously that's easier said than done. Um, but, you know, each of these people that I just mentioned uh, worked really hard to get there. And anyway, this is a long tangent to just say that I'm really happy that I'm working on stuff right now. Um, fortunately, my boyfriend is a uh, writer. He went to school, uh, got a master's in writing, whatever. He did all that shit. And so he's been helping me, um, giving me notes and everything and uh, making me feel a bit more confident than I would if I didn't have him <laughs> in my life because I didn't get that training. I didn't get that education. And so uh, this is kind of brand new stuff for me. And I'm really excited. Uh, I don't know if I said this, but I'm writing <laughs> is, is what I'm doing. I've been writing um, some stuff uh, 
and I'm really excited about it, uh, cleaning a lot of it up, and hopefully you guys will get to see what that is um, later this year, uh, if you guys stick with me. So yeah, um, things are going good, I think. Uh, things would always be better, but um, I'm not complaining about that right now. Uh, I'm just excited for what I'm doing now and the possibilities that can come out of it. Whether or not it's going to be anything successful or whatever, like, uh, I, I'm feeling very happy that I'm actually doing it and, and not holding myself back because for a very, very, very long time, I've held myself back telling myself like, you don't belong here. You don't belong in this industry. You don't belong doing anything that you have a passion for doing because you don't have that training. You don't have that background. You don't have that, that formal education or whatever it is like, I beat myself up about things all the time. And so being able to kind of push that away and finally let my creative my creativity go and like free and be what it wants to be, like I am feeling so much happier now. And it's so unfortunate that it took so long for me to get to this point, but I'm very, very happy that I am finally here. So yay. <laughs> um, yeah. That's just one of my creative outlets right now, which I'm really excited about. So uh, once once I've settled into what I'm doing and I start getting the ball rolling on um, production of this new endeavor, uh, I will let you guys know what that is. Um, yeah, so let's get into the show a little bit. Uh, so as always, we have a recap at the top of the show. And uh, this week I decided that I was going to read chapter one of a graphic novel called The Prince and the Dressmaker. This is written and illustrated by Jen Wang, and it's published by First Second. Um, turns out I'm reading a lot of books that are <laughs> written and illustrated by the same person. <laughs> but anyway, here we go. So this is chapter one. Um, we open up the story in Paris, France. Uh, an invitation has been sent out to... Uh, um, all of the of the people of the city by the Countess Clementine of Artois. She's hosting her nephew, the Crown Prince Sebastian of Belgium. It's very Cinderella-ish. Um, all the women are invited, and they're all super excited about this. So then we cut to a dress shop where a woman and her daughter walk in very angrily. The woman has apparently been turned down by five other tailors because with the ball coming up, they're all like super busy with orders. So turns out that she wasn't late to getting a dress. Her daughter, Lady Sophia, went out riding in the dress and ruined it. There's like mud all over it. It's all ripped up and everything. So now they're scrambling to find someone to make a dress for her. So the owner says that they can get something together. And he picks out one of the dressmakers to, to take down the measurements and everything. And the dressmaker, her name is Frances. And she asks Lady Sophia, the little girl who's getting the dress, uh, if she would like the new dress to be identical to the old one. And Lady Sophia tells her that, you know, she's like, I don't care. She's not having any of it. She doesn't even want to be going to the ball or whatever. And she says, I want a ghastly dress that makes me look like the devil's wench. That's <laughs> basically what she says. And she seems to be pretty pissed about life. <laughs> she's, like I said, just not happy to be there. Uh, so later on, we see the other dressmakers. They're all leaving to go home for the night, but Francis has to stay behind to finish this dress. And one of the women says, like, don't work too hard. Uh, this job won't love you back, you know. And um, I kind of love that she says that 
because it's you know it's true uh i think a lot of people can put a lot of work into something that uh maybe isn't giving back as much and so um i guess that's a nice message to have it's just like hey remember that you know you have to have a life as well uh you know not everyone is fortunate enough to be uh, doing their passion for work Anyway, so Francis is super tired and is gathering some more materials for the dress and she looks at what she's done so far and she has like this aha moment. She gets rid of the dress and she starts on a whole new one and we kind of end the night there. The next morning, she's got the dress nicely put away in a dress box and she's like knocked out. The dress is picked up and handed to Lady Sophia, and in her carriage, she takes a peek at the dress and is a little surprised to see what's inside. Unfortunately, we have to wait to see what the dress looks like. Next, we are at the ball. We have a royal announcer who is listing out the names of the women who are all coming in, much like Cinderella again. And uh, then we've got some mothers off to the side. They're all bragging about their daughters when the um, announcer is like announcing them and everything. And then he announces Lady Sophia Rowan. And people are pretty shocked by what they see. Uh, She comes out in this all black dress. The shoulders are like black feathers that cover down to her forearms and then she's got this like black leotard thing going on and the bottom of the dress is like three layers of sheer black fabric like finished off with some thigh-high boots and her makeup is like this smoky eye Mad Max realness (laughs) going on and honestly she looks great (laughs) but uh People are 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 pretty uh, upset by this, and she heads straight for the pastries, and she's like stuffing her face unapologetically, and everyone is mortified. Um, the next day, the owner of the dress shop is reading all these negative comments about the the dress that um that Francis made. Um, they're in the paper, and he's reading them uh, all these like reviews of it off or whatever. And he's just furious. He's yelling at Francis. And and Francis's defense is that that's what Lady Sophia wanted. And the owner's livid. And he says, the client is not the one who wears the dress. The client is the one who pays. Meaning, the girl didn't pay for the dress. Her mother did. So they needed to have made the dress to the mother's liking. Uh, which is like, I get it. <laughs> but at the same time shut up. (laughs) Uh, So then a tall, dark man comes into the shop with the paper in his hand asking about the dressmaker who made the dress. The owner immediately starts talking about how she made the mistake and he was about to fire her. And the man's like, awesome. My client wants to hire you as a personal seamstress and we are offering three francs a week. Francs? I'm going to say francs because I'm American and I don't want to sound pretentious. (laughs) And the owner is like, whoa, whoa, whoa opportunity is knocking and there's a mini bidding war for Francis. So he ends up like, say, uh, he ends up trying to like convince her to stay. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, promote you to like head seamstress. I'm going to make you a designer and blah, blah. And so the man and, and the owner are going back and forth up forth. And eventually Francis is like, no dude, I quit. And she accepts the man's offer he tells her that she needs to get gather her, like all her things and um, that they're going to be picking her up in the morning. And then he walks out and everyone in the shop shop is like very shook. And the last panel shows Francis looking very surprised, saying, 
I have to pack. <laughs> so uh, that's how the first chapter ends. And I loved the first chapter. Um, I don't remember exactly where I heard of this graphic novel. I think it was like an ad on Facebook or something. I don't really remember. But all I remember is that the premise it like very much intrigued me. It's about a prince who gets a dressmaker to make him dresses so he can wear. And I don't really know how any of it turns out because I just started. I did finish the second chapter, which again, I really liked. But um, yeah, I don't know what kind of like messages are going to be in there. So far, it's all about like positivity and, um, you know, loving and accepting people for who they are and stuff like that. Uh, I'm just two chapters in, there's a whole lot more to go. Uh, so I'm very curious to see where this all goes. And yeah, so that's the recap for The Prince and the Dressmaker. And I very much recommend for you guys to pick it up if you can. Um, I don't remember how much it was, but I know it was less than $20. And uh, I think it's very much worth it. Uh, the art is beautiful. The dresses uh, are very, very beautiful as well. Uh, I really like it. There's some good humor in there and everything. Um, so yeah, pick it up if you get the chance. So now we're going to get a little bit into news and some of this is old stuff. Most of it is old stuff, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, the first thing that I want to talk about is the new Halloween trailer. And I have two friends who are very much into the Halloween series uh, as well as I am. So I asked them to join me to talk a little bit about the trailer. Here we go. All right, so I'm here with Lindsay and John Bring. I asked them to be on this little bit of discussion because I know that they love horror films just as much as yeah. I do. So the Halloween trailer just dropped. What are your first impressions? Um, I, I thought it looked really good. I think it looks really fun. I'm excited to see it. I'll be there October 19th when it comes out. Mm -hmm. Look, I was going to be all in no matter what because Halloween is my favorite horror movie uh it's my favorite horror franchise well maybe not franchise i think nightmare on elm street's probably overall my favorite franchise but but what do you say michael's like your favorite guy yeah michael's probably my favorite like serial killer like from the 70s and 80s uh -huh. a slasher i guess you could say uh and halloween the original is the only like scare one of the few scary movies that just gets me to this day play any of those tracks uh which they do in the trailer any of those john carpenter tracks of piano music or any of that synth, and it always just sends a, a tingle down my spine. <laughs> so I'm really excited about this. Um, I'm a little... It's it's interesting that they're just going with the version where only the events of the first movie happened. Mm -hmm. I'm a little bummed that they didn't at least include the second movie, which yeah. I also love. I'm surprised by that, because the second movie, Richard, isn't it the same night? Yeah, it's the exact same yeah, night. It's, it's a direct pickup. But at the end of the second movie, she blows Michael up and we like see him burning yeah, so but at the end of there's the no first, coming back from that <laughs> at the end of the first movie doesn't Lumen doesn't he kill Michael yeah Loomis shoots him he falls off the balcony but then Loomis goes to look for him and Michael's gone so uh yeah so I mean we'll see I guess how we're gonna rewrite that little bit of history I don't know uh but like I said I'm all in man <laughs> are you guys sad that uh Josh Hartnett and Michelle Williams won't be <laughs> returning Maybe. as the son and girlfriend. <laughs> Very. So I, I don't care as much about Halloween 2. I would say my favorite movie in the franchise is Halloween H2O. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Myers is dead. Michael Myers is dead. I um, still say I, that. And I would really love uh, 
Creed to be the soundtrack of this movie as well as it was. <laughs> What's this life for? It's like such a Christian song, but it's like the unofficial fuck song of Halloween H2O. <laughs> Anytime kids are going to fuck, Creed plays. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm in. I am uh, I am interested in how they're sort of rewriting the revisionist history. I have a question for all of I us. I feel like Laurie Strode in the, in the thing has been killed like five times. Anyway, Seven. what are you saying? What's your question? Um, I have a question. So Michael Myers has been in this, insane asylum tied to a block for the last 40 years uh-huh. how old is michael was michael about the same age as Lori, or is there like a 78 year old man out on the streets going after I think, us i think the idea is that he's not that much older than Lori. Uh, right because if you look back at the original original movie he wasn't like some hulking specimen of a man he was a pretty normal sized guy and because of that, uh, I think that made him a little bit more scary than, like, say, the Rob Zombie version where he was seven Huge. feet tall and 400 pounds of pure muscle. Uh-huh. Uh, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah. Anyway, what was the question? Um, <laughs> um, was, Richard, what do you think? Well, how are you feeling? Yeah. Uh, okay, so the interesting thing is in the trailer, there are, I want to say there are three girls, but it might be two girls and a guy. Um, there are three. Yeah, there are three people walking with each other, and one of them is like, isn't that your mom's brother or something? And the girl, the granddaughter, is like, no, that's just a rumor. So Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if that's going to be true, if they, like, rewrote that part as well as, like, she wasn't adopted out after the murders, or if that's just, like, what they've been led to believe because her grandmother, Lori Strode, doesn't want them to know. Right. Well, maybe that to me kind of sent the message that they, in addition to H2O, uh, that they are uh, letting go of Halloween 2. Because that was the information that came out in the second movie. Mm. Yeah, that felt like we're, we're telling you as an audience right now, we are just keeping the history of the very first movie and nothing else. Uh-huh. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think it's, I don't think we're going to reveal that, uh, I don't think we're going to reveal that like that's, a fallacy that that they that said so but we'll see who knows yeah who knows what are within i felt like that was just kind of like giving us the rule of how they're resetting yeah, everything exactly maybe yeah. but i could be wrong maybe it'll come out in this movie um yeah i'm very excited for a like very badass <laughs> laurie strode she's oh, like yeah. been it's training her entire life she's got like traps and like hidden compartments in her house and all that stuff like she's ready for michael myers to come back and kill her and like i don't know that i could ever be that prepared and and raise a daughter who turned out to be judy greer and i know (laughs) yeah maybe don't bring kids into this world Lori. that's a whole other (laughs) hey look the heart wants what it wants she fell in love i guess i don't i'm kind of like here's here's the only problem for me and i am excited about the movie but because they're doing this whole sort of revisionist history thing, I'm like, Lori, why? Like, why? Like, I get in the world of Halloween 2 and H2O and this entire lifetime of Michael Myers going specifically after Laurie Strode. But if it's just picking up kind of with the history of the very first movie, I'm like, why just in the last 40 years booby trap in your house? It's <laughs> pretty secure. Yeah. Also, like, move to Japan. Yeah. Leave Haddonfield. Get out of Michael bit. Myers ain't about to get on a plane. No one's going to let that dude on. Yeah, and and the funny thing is, if we are just going with the very first film, it doesn't seem that he has, like, a specific reason for going after her, so why she's fearing that he's specifically going after her, 
it's just interesting. Yeah, maybe we'll find out a reason afterwards. Yeah. She stole his pot of gold, maybe. I don't know, man. It's like <laughs> oh, he'll be revealed to be a leprechaun. If I had one bad night in the 70s, <laughs> one long bad night where a cuckoo crazy guy got out, killed my friends, and I made it out alive, and they captured him. And then I haven't heard anything since for 40 years because he's wasting away, tied to a block in an insane asylum. <laughs> I think at some point in the, you know, over that course of 40 years, I'd be like, all right, I think I'm all right. But then you know what? <laughs> Lori's smarter than I am, obviously, because he's coming for it. <laughs> yeah. 78-year-old Michael Myers on his way. <laughs> uh-huh. I have a feeling that uh, it's not actually the Michael that's going to be rum- rummaging around, or mm. maybe there's multiple Michaels. Uh, I have a feeling that it's going to be a younger person also escaping from the asylum no that's ageist i hope he's 78 because i love that laurie is like the final girl final girl of all final girls in this movie and she's at least 204 right right (laughs) final elderly woman i love it yeah Uh, oh she looks great and like uh we remarked the second we just watched the trailer a couple times but the second time it was like that shot where she uh, sees him in the mirror and shoots him like in the window, like right between the eyes, but through, but into a mirror. I'm like, get it, Lori. She's she's <laughs> she's prepared. I'm really excited to see how that all actually plays out with her versus Michael. Well, that's yeah. 40 years of target practice for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, the one thing that I hope happens though is that that whatever that investigator or documentarian or whatever he is, like he's basically the reason this is happening since he provokes Michael in the first place. Yeah, seriously, way to poke the bear, dude. Like, <laughs> give me a break. Like, what do you expect at that point uh, when you go to the, the remote gas station near the insane well, asylum? I'm pretty sure he's going to eat it pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He and that woman are dead as dead gets uh, <laughs> within 30 minutes of that movie. Yay. <laughs> Yay. That's what they get. That's what you get for like, again, and I and I have a feeling that like being that there's all these documentaries about people who were accused of murders and like, uh, what was it? Uh, American Crime or no, wait, what was the one on Netflix? Making a Murderer. Making a Murderer. Something like that. I feel like what if they're doing like a Making the Murderer, Making a Murderer style thing where they think Michael Myers is innocent <sighs> and then Myers turns around and murders them both. I hope that's what happens because... I think that would be hilarious. Be yeah. Interview. Michael Myers doesn't talk. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, and then my final thought on it is that I love Judy Greer, so I'm so happy that she's in this. <laughs> Let's talk about Judy Greer for a second. Uh-huh. I was just remarking that, like, she's made, like, I would say a second career, but really it's, like, a, her third career of being in movies for, like, two scenes and then, like, piecing out. Like, this one she's going to be mother, in yeah. as a mom. This one, Jurassic World, she did that. Ant-Man, she uh-huh. did that. And now she's also in, like, Holiday Inn commercials. Like, Judy Greer, not only does she look better than she's ever looked, she looks amazing. Yeah, Judy Greer be working. She's Mm -hmm. working. Uh, But, like, yeah, she works way more now than she ever has. Like, good on her. Yeah. Anyway, I also love Judy Greer. (laughs) Same. I can't wait to see Halloween starring Judy Greer. Featuring (laughs) Featuring Michael Myers. (laughs) I hope she gets, like, an and Judy Greer in the the credits. (laughs) She deserves um, every and Judy Greer in every and credit. Judy Greer as Stacy uh, Greer. Yeah, Stacey Greer. <laughs> um, I have no idea what her name is, but <laughs> she's gonna be great. Yay! So we're all looking forward to it. I am very excited. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for being on here and discussing it with me. Thanks for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. We'll talk to you once it comes out. Thank you, Lindsay and John. 
you've heard them on previous episodes. You heard Lindsay on our Buffy the Vampire Slayer discussion, and as well as the Penguins versus Possums episode with John Bring. And you've heard John Bring on several episodes. <laughs> um, so next, I'm going to talk a little bit about what we saw at E3, specifically one game, which I'm beyond excited about. Overcooked 2. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, I don't think I've ever talked about Overcooked on this show before, but oh my god, Overcooked is one of the most fun games that I've ever played. It's multiplayer, it's, um, you know, one to four players, and it's, the, the whole thing is just, you have to make food uh, according to orders that pop up on the corner, and you gotta get them out as fast as you can. And the funny thing is, it starts off very easy, of course, but then as you get further into the levels, you get more difficult uh, tasks. And with multiplayer, you uh, start getting divided into different uh, sections of like the kitchen and stuff, and you have moving kitchens and everything. And there are times where you have to like pass ingredients to each other because you don't, you can't like reach each other's stuff. And it gets so chaotic. And when there are four people playing, everyone's screaming for stuff. And it's just so much fun. And so they're, they are releasing Overcooked 2, which I am so beyond excited for. And uh, I just can't wait. One of the new <laughs> features that I am super excited for is that you can now throw the ingredients, which you couldn't do in previous games. You always had to like go over to a specific spot and drop it off, whether it was on the floor or on the counter. I mean, I know it's not sanitary to put the food on the floor, but they didn't care. <laughs> so um, so you would, uh, you, you could now throw food to each other like across counters and stuff, which is going to be so helpful. <laughs> I sound like such a nerd talking about this game, but oh my God, you guys, if you have friends that can come over and play a game, if you have a gaming system, I think it's like on everything at this point. Um, you can get it on Steam, I believe. You can get it on Xbox, PlayStation, Switch. You can get it on everything. This is the first one I'm talking about. Uh, you can get it on everything. Play it, please play it. It's so much fun. Stressful, but so, so, so fun. And so they announced that it's coming out in August. I'm super excited for it. I am definitely going to be having an Overwatch release party because, I mean, not Overwatch, should I call it Overwatch? Overcooked release party. Uh, and super excited for it. Um, so yeah, then, uh, the next, next thing, the next thing that I want to talk about is I mentioned him early in the show, Cena Grace. He is back with Iceman. Iceman is coming back. It ended, I think in like March or something, April, maybe it ended really recently. The first run of Iceman, it had about 11 or 12 issues. I don't quite remember but it was a short run, um, just over a year. And the reason it ended, sales were not good. Um, but I love Cena Grace and I love his writing and stuff. And I know a lot of people complained about this series being kind of, there were a lot of Marvel fans, a lot of X-Men fans who were very pissed off that, uh, Iceman had come out as gay, calling it disingenuous, um, being very upset, saying that it was Marvel's way of, you know, trying to please social justice warriors and blah, blah, blah. Like, they they were seeing it as Marvel pandering to the audience or whatever. But 
I don't know if I've talked about it. I'm pretty sure I've talked about it on the show, but uh, it, to me as a gay man, like that's not at all what that was, whether it was their intention or not. Like that's not how I interpreted it because I am a gay man. I 100% related to his story, maybe not a hundred, but maybe like 80% <laughs> related to his story because there are so many LGBTQ people out there who do have to live in the closet, who do put up this facade, who do put up this, like, I'm a ladies man, or I'm a, I'm a, I'm not going to say what I was about to say. I was going to say dick hungry woman, but that's so not PC. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like there are people out there who have to pretend to be this thing that they're not. And, um, he eventually is able to come out, um, forced to come out, which was unfortunate, but he, he eventually does come out and he has to deal with it on his own terms. And so I think that's really, it was really good to see. And I think that Cena Grace had to tell the story in this way, or at least he felt he had to. And I was very receptive to it. Was it the best run? No, but I think that now that Cena Grace has been able to set the foundation and set this this uh, story in the first run of it, like he can now move on and tell a greater story than that. Um, and I'm very super excited. They're gonna have a new artist on it too. I completely forgot <laughs> who the artist is, sorry. Uh, but I'm very, very, very much looking forward to it. Apparently the art style is gonna go way better this time. Um, I did have issue with the art in the uh, first run it really aged the characters, I thought, um, which was weird. But um, yeah, so I'm excited for this new run. Super, super excited. It's coming out in August, I believe. And yeah, so what are your thoughts on it? Were you one of the ones who did not like the fact that Iceman was gay? Or were you 100% on board with it? Or maybe you were on board with it, but you didn't like the story. I'd like to know what your thoughts are because I am one single person and those are just my opinions. <laughs> and uh, I guess the final thing that I'm going to talk about in the news and stuff section of the show is this is very old news. I, old in terms of everything moves very fast now on uh, social media and the news cycle. This happened about two weeks ago. Um, Star Wars fans... Uh, the bad ones, <laughs> caused Kelly Marie Tran to leave social media, or at least her Instagram. I don't know if she left her Twitter or if she ever had a Twitter, but uh, she deleted her Instagram posts because she was getting harassed um, by people who seemingly were racist and misogynist. And um, it's shitty. And I was pretty, pretty pissed off about it because... I think when you have a fandom in of a nerdy type of thing, you know, Star Wars or comic books or anime or whatever, like these are things that have been considered nerdy. And I feel like when you are a part of something like that, you have to kind of realize how much of an outsider you are compared to the masses. Um, obviously now with nerd culture being on the rise and being way more accepted and more people loving it, like, good. I, I love that. But I think you have to recognize that at some point it wasn't always like that. And to to alienate someone the way Kelly Marie Tran was alienated, the way 
Daisy Ridley was alienated when she was um, first out on the, in Star Wars. Like, it's just so shitty. And I was really, really down on the Star Wars fandom. Um, really, really pissed off because they were harassing her over her character, which she just portrayed a character who was written. She auditioned for the role. She got the role. Then she played the character. And she did it well. Like, I know a lot of people were really down on that character. A lot of people were really down on the movie, um, The Last Jedi. But it... I, I, in my personal opinion, I really enjoyed her. I thought she was very sweet. I thought she was a needed component to that movie. Um, and, and it, it, I don't know. It, it just, it's so upsetting to see people that would attack someone like that. Uh, when she's like, if you've ever seen her on social media, she's like one of the sweetest people. And, um, I feel like I'm like one degree away from her because I know someone who knows her they're really good friends. And so to me, it was a little bit more personal, you know, just my personal opinion of how personal it was. But um, so I think it hit me harder than it would have if it was someone else um, in the Star Wars franchise. Um, so it, it sucked so bad. And I was so, so down on the Star Wars fandom for a while. But then a few days later, an amazing thing happened that made me want to cry with joy because it showed me that there is still so much good in the world. Um, fan art for Rose started trending on social media and it was all, I'm like about to cry. It was all of these people who were drawing fan art of Rose Tico, which is the character Kelly Marie Tran played in Star Wars. Um, showing their love for her and their support for her and and basically showing her like not all of Star Wars fandom is this way and that they support her and everything and it was it's such a beautiful thing to see um because there is so much negativity going on right now in the world and I don't want to get political but I'm about to I guess I mean we have things happening in our country like at the border kids are getting taken away from their families and everything and um it's so fucking tragic, especially when you have people in the White House who are are just going onto social media and bragging about their lovely lives with their lovely families and stuff. Meanwhile, you have people who are having their children taken away from them. And I'm sorry that I'm getting political, but I just it's so frustrating. And that's why voting is so important. Um, but I don't know what to do. I mean, other than, you know, like donating to the right organizations to help stop this, talking to your representatives. And I don't know. Um, it's, a, it's a shitty time we're living in, but I think we've always lived in shitty times. Um, it's just one thing after the other. Something is always popping up that's always been there. Um, it's just that when we feel like we've solved one problem, uh, another one is brought to the light and um that's tough <laughs> but uh we're i we're making progress i believe that we will continue to make progress and um even though all this i'm sorry i'm getting like choked up <laughs> even all, all this stuff is happening uh i have to maintain faith in us in humanity um because even though there are a lot of hateful people out there who are very loud i think there are a lot of people who are trying to um fight that and a lot of times it sounds 
hateful when they're fighting it, um, which I understand. Uh, and I try, and I don't always succeed at this, but I try to come at things positively and with love because there is so much negativity, even from people fighting for justice. Um, it feels very negative. Uh, and so I I try, and I know that I'm guilty of being negative, but I try to to come at things at more of a positive, showing like the love, putting the love out there. And um, yeah, so I guess all I'm trying to say is be more kind. Um, you know, if, if you are, I'm not talking to you, but just like in general, you know, like be more kind to each other because we all share this earth and, you know, we're, we all just want to be happy. <laughs> I mean, when it comes down to it, we all just want to be happy. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess that's going to be the end of my new seg segment. I'm um, sorry if I brought you guys down. Hopefully you guys stuck through that because I just mumbled through a bunch of bullshit. Like I don't, I'm not eloquently spoken at all. <laughs> I, I can't do that. Uh, I can just babble through my opinion and my feelings. I have a lot of feelings. Um, so yeah, sorry and thank you for listening to that. Uh, but that's all the news I have. Sorry, uh, love to Kelly Marie Tran. I really hope that she sees the 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 love that's coming her way from Star Wars people, uh, fans. Um, I hope that she sees that and that it overpowers the negativity that's coming her way as well, uh, because she deserves love just like everyone else does. All right, so let's get into the interview. So this week, I invited my Zumba instructor, Jennifer Barrios, to be on the show. Um, I've always been fascinated with anime, but I never really got into it. Um, the only one that I ever did, while well, I talk a little bit about this in the interview, was Sailor Moon, and like that was pretty much it. And then we had like our WB cartoons like Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon, but... Those were so Americanized. <laughs> I mean, as far as like voiceovers go and everything. So, um, yeah, uh, I've always been fascinated. Cardcaptor Sakura has always been something that I was very intrigued by. Uh, so I asked her to talk to me all about Cardcaptor Sakura. And she does. So sit back, relax, and get ready for the interview. Yay! <laughs> Hello. Okay. So we are here with Jennifer Barrios and she is a Jane of all trades. <laughs> we, we were trying to figure out how to introduce you like and, then, and then, and then there's just so much that you got going on. I know. <laughs> uh, welcome Jen. <laughs> Hello. Um, so just a quick thing that I want you all to know for at least one hour a week, I hate Jen um, because she is my Zumba instructor, and she really pushes, and um, I'm not in shape. <laughs> You're fine. You're yeah. better than most people, that's for sure. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I I, uh, I am, like, dying on in the inside and, like, trying to play a real cool on the outside. You look pretty cool. You look like nothing is happening. Okay, you look pretty chill. So. I am accomplishing my goals. <laughs> Um, One of so, the many uh, things of living in Hollywood, you learn how to uh -huh. fake things. <laughs> fake it, fake it, yep, yep. I will agree with that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I asked Jen to be on because uh, she is a huge fan of anime, and yes. one in particular is Card Captor Sakura, and yes. I really wanted to talk to her about this because it was a show that, um, as a kid, I kind of watched here and there, and I always really liked the concept. 
But um, as I grew older, I kind of forgot what was going on with it. And then they just recently brought it back. Shame on you for forgetting. <laughs> Hashtag yeah. never forget. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to be talking about that. But before we get into that, I want to ask you, Jen, what are you loving right now? Well, I'm obviously loving Cardcaptor because uh-huh. um, it's airing right now in Japan. So I'm a little behind. I'm on episode nine and I think right now they're up to 14 um the manga is very extensive very long so I can imagine they're probably gonna do like 10 more episodes so Mm. I'll be entertained with that for a while did you read the mangas I have not read the new manga I have read the old mangas okay I own the old mangas and I read them and then I watched the anime um but I have not read the new one which I need to fix. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I'm watching right now. I have a lot of like different series that I'm watching on Crunchyroll. Um, I'm more of like a slice of life kind of person. And if it the anime makes me cry even better. <laughs> um, and I'm always trying to find new um, magical girl shows. Mm. And I don't really see any other ones right now that are good for me. So mm-hmm. Card capture is fulfilling that role. But otherwise, I love Slice of Life. Um, so I have a bunch of shows I'm watching on Crunchyroll right now. There's just like there's like 10 on my queue. Um, there is one. I saw an ad for an anime. So I haven't really grown up watching anime at mm-hmm. all. I had a friend who would try to like introduce me to things here and there. We all do and that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Try to convert you. <laughs> uh-huh. Come. And, and I liked what I saw, but I just never like grabbed it myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then recently, um, Adam and I were watching Fate. Okay. And uh, we yeah. watched Zero okay. first. And then we, we are currently on Stay Night. Yeah. And we're like at the end of it. Um, I kind of dropped off of it because... I was getting a little bit annoyed <laughs> with with the I don't know. Did you watch it? I did. I was getting annoyed with um, <laughs> Emia. Okay. Because there's like three episodes in a row where they just keep telling each other how they don't want to be each other. Yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, okay, let's like move on from this already. Yeah. And so I kind of just got like annoyed with it. And yeah. so I haven't gotten back. I will go back eventually. Yeah. <laughs> it it, it it wraps up nicely. Okay. It gets better. <laughs> That's good. I feel like all animes have like that bump in the road where you're just like, what the heck? <laughs> what are we doing? Because like Dragon Ball, like for example, it's a really good example of what we call fillers. So a fight scene would span over like four episodes mm-hmm. and we we're just like what the fuck is going on well, like, remember, why are they still fighting yeah as a kid <laughs> i had seen a couple dragon ball episodes and every it felt like every no matter when i would pick one up or you know catch it on tv there are always two characters in yep. the air yep just like talking to each other yep. <laughs> and like i would destroy you no i will destroy you no I will destroy you. <laughs> and then somebody else come, try to, tries to do what they're trying to do. Then that person is killed. And then they go back to, no, I will destroy. <laughs> I'm like, so, yeah. I feel like all animes have that mm-hmm. situation yeah. going on. Um, and I say this because I grew up watching Sailor Moon. And when they revamped Sailor Moon, they re-released Sailor Moon. And it's called Crystal. Sailor Moon Crystal. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be prettier, but I'm still like OG fan. So <laughs> I mean, it's pretty. It's it's pretty because we have technology yeah, now. She's and a pretty make, guardian. It, it's it's. It, I mean, yeah, <laughs> she is a pretty guardian. So, um, 
I realized that the old one had so many episodes that were just like random filler. Like mm. they were like, why? Why did you do this? Because <laughs> the newer, um, the revamp version is follows the manga. Uh, it's closer to what the manga is mm-hmm. and it's shorter. Mm. So each season is shorter. Okay. Whereas the OG one was like 10,000 episodes and uh-huh. we were like, what? I mean, at the time we were fine with it because that's all I had. Right. I had nothing else. Yeah. Um, so. I used to watch it before school for whatever reason it would air like at 7.30 a.m. <laughs> or something in the U.S. It's so bizarre. <laughs> and uh, I would watch it before school. That's I could never so catch weird. the end because I had to leave. But uh, I remember... Yeah, uh, I tried to start the new one, Crystal, mm, mm-hmm. and it felt way more condensed. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is moving fast. Yeah. Like, yeah. every episode they're finding a new Sailor Scout, which in, like, the one that I had seen, it would be, like, five or six Ooh. episodes in between each one. <laughs> it was way longer. So, yeah, I... I- I, I don't know. I'm not a fan of the newer version. Oh, no. I don't know. I mean, it's all right. <laughs> it's Seder Moon, so I'll love it no matter what. Uh-huh. But yeah. So yeah, I feel like every anime has like that mm. um, filler thing. Go- don't even start me on Naruto or Bleach. Like that's just like, <laughs> d- yeah. Yeah, I haven't gotten into Naruto, but there is one that I do want to see. I saw a little preview of it or like a ad for it or whatever called Sanrio Boys. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was good. You know that it? Okay. Good. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. I just read that it's about these boys who are like love Sanrio. And, yeah. And like they are really challenging like hyper masculinity and, and like the toxicity yeah. of it and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And like because they each like they each have like their favorite Sanrio character mm-hmm. and they kind of act like the character like mm. i don't know it's like yeah it's interesting it's mm. very it's very interesting to see that they did that and you know sanrio was like oh this is another way to make more money so you know <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> good yeah, for that. they don't have it all um yeah i'm not really like i've been watching anime for so long and there's always like a how do i put this there's always like a non masculine boy male figure mm-hmm. um and that's one cool thing like about japan they're always like they're like fuck it no this is not like the norm we're gonna like defy the norm mm-hmm. and in anime they always do that like there's this um anime called war on high school okay and it's about this girl that she's poor and she ends up going to the school with all these boys and there's like the 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 nerdy type boy and the prince type boy and then there's like the little like uh shorter boy but he's very like kawaii like he's very cute he almost looks like a girl mm. and they think she looks like a boy well they actually think she's a boy at first and they're like oh shit no she's a girl mm-hmm. so it's like japan always does this shit where they're like what <laughs> so yeah it's like yeah i'm pretty used to it <laughs> you, you, do you read comic books at all? I don't as much as I used to. I feel like when I was a teenager, I used to read comic books more. I haven't read so much lately. There is this uh, series that started late last year that I love so mm-hmm. much. It's called Fence. Okay. And it's about this um, all-boys school and they are fencers. Oh. And um, it, it, I think it it borrows heavily from anime. Mm. I think that the creators were like anime fans because I think that they had their first series that they did, or at least the writer, 
um, I forget what it's called, but I think it was like heavily influenced by mm-hmm. anime. And um, so this series kind of deals with that as well, where mm-hmm. you have your like uh, your your typical like rich boy mm-hmm. and like the athletic one and then yeah. the, the little one that's like all cute so or whatever. Cute, like yeah. it definitely has all those tropes in yeah. it. Um, and I, if you were to get into <laughs> into any comic books, that's one that I would okay. definitely recommend. Right. It's called Fence. I absolutely love it. Yeah. I'm always looking forward to it. I always want to read it. Yeah. It doesn't come out nearly enough. <laughs> yeah. You would probably enjoy War on High School then. Okay. It's old-ish. It's like, when did it come out? Early 2000, mid 2000. It's a classic. Like everybody knows who, like what War on is. And mm-hmm. it was just, we were actually waiting for another season to come out and it never happened. No, no. We were very sad. Is it only one season? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was not enough. It was not enough. Yeah. There are, there are a lot out there that are interesting and Netflix keeps putting out more and more and more. Yeah. Um, or they're like acquiring or whatever. It's pretty um, cool. That's, yeah. Yeah. It, it, there's always like the juxtaposition that us anime fans have we, well I, I have it sometimes like okay it's becoming more mainstream but I don't want it to become mainstream I want it to be only mine <laughs> but it's becoming mainstream so it's cool but yeah. I don't want it to become mainstream uh-huh. because people would understand yeah but no hopefully people understand yeah <laughs> uh, I, I think it's 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 interesting because I think like Marvel fans mm-hmm. have this same thing where Marvel is now, and I think for the most part, they all love it, but like Marvel is now this huge, you know, cinematic universe and they do things differently than they do in the comics. And I think there are those like diehard comic fans who are like, why are they doing this? And (laughs) I definitely know people who get like angry at the movies and don't like the movies <laughs> it's whatsoever. It's so good though! <laughs> and so like I could see I'm like, how... could you do it better? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. And I could Fuck. see like your position where you'd be like, oh now all these people are going to like it and it's going to become more mainstream and like I mean it's I fine. Guess you wouldn't want it to be ruined for you. I think at one point it did become mainstream because for example uh, Card Captors I do know that in the States I didn't watch it in the States I watched it in Guatemala. Um, but in the States, they showed it on Nickelodeon, on Cartoon Network. And those are mainstream mm-hmm. networks. Like, they're like, you know, so. But that was kind of cool. And I guess it was the only way people could watch it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up watching Sailor Moon on broadcast TV. Like, for some, for some reason, Guatemala broadcasted anime after school every day. Mm-hmm. So I was probably pretty blessed and like, <laughs> okay, I don't have, I don't need cable for this. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but I did watch uh, Card Captor on the Mexican Cartoon Network. Mm. Okay. So I think if it wouldn't have been mainstream that way, I wouldn't have been able to watch it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of good. Yeah. <laughs> the interesting thing is, and I guess we'll we'll dive into it now. Yeah. Um, but the interesting <clears throat> thing is when I was younger watching Card Captors, I think it was on like the WB at mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. And I think it was like four kids or something like yeah. that. Like the company was called Four Kids that were doing yeah. the translation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when I was in high school, I learned that it was very different the yep. American version versus the Japanese version, yep. the sub versus dub, yep. <laughs> as yep. they call it. Um, yep. And so I found it very fascinating that they would change it that way. Like, yeah. I understand because America is so like chicken shit when it comes to <laughs> yeah. uh, showing they, our they kids They did that things. across the board with all anime that was shown. Mm-hmm. They did that with Sailor Moon. They did it with Dragon Ball. They did it everything and I was like bless I watched it in the OG version the OG format I did not watch censored bullshit (laughs) so yeah let's get into it um 
so Sakura is the main <clears throat> character. Yes. Who is she? Like, what, what, why is she there? What's going on with her? At the beginning, she's a random girl. Uh-huh. Um, and she just finds this book of cards that are, like, magical. Mm-hmm. And because she's the one that finds them, she opens the book of cards and she unleashes the power. And then she becomes kind of like a magician in a way. Like, she obtains magical powers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just spirals down from there. <laughs> so uh her magical powers like what are they? What what can she, she do? She so she has um a key. She has a key that becomes like a like a like a magical rod. Mm-hmm. And she uses that she basically has to capture the cards because when she opens the book, the cards fly out of the book and she's like, oh shit, what happened? And she has to find all these cards because these cards like cause disasters around town. Mm. Like uh, one of the cards is called Watery and she's at like an aquarium and the car like destroys this gigantic tank full of fish. Mm. So she's like, fuck, I have to <laughs> capture this card. So she has to take out her little magical key that becomes her magical rod. And she like goes, I'm going to capture you. <laughs> and she captures the card and she gets to keep the card. So once um, she captures the cards, um, she can control them okay. with her magic. With her. So. So if she's a nobody mm-hmm. prior to to finding this book that mm-hmm. that she releases cards from, what? How does she know what she's supposed to do? She has a guardian. Okay. There's always a guardian. <laughs> There's always an animal that's like like guiding people. Um, she has this little. Uh, in his small version, he looks like a little plushy, like uh-huh. a little bear kind of thing. But when he transforms into his like actual form, he's like this gigantic big ass cat kind of <laughs> like a lion kind of thing so she has um two guardians actually that help her and guide her as to oh yeah we used to be servants of magician clo which is the guy that created the cards okay we used to be his servants and now because you have the clo cards and you have the clo book we will be your servants and we will help you in this ridiculous journey you're on mm-hmm. so yeah she has two guardians um Kero, which is a little yellow thingy that becomes a big cat. And then Yue, who was like this most beautiful winged creature. <laughs> he's so beautiful. He's like an angel or something, right? He's like right? an angel, yeah. He looks like an angel, but he's not an angel. He just has gorgeous wings and he's really hot. So. Okay, okay. So, yeah, she has these guardians that tell her, oh, yeah, this used to be... Uh, my homie's book with his cards <laughs> and yeah, you got to capture them all because if not, people are going to get fucked. So, <laughs> yeah, she has to capture all the cards and yeah. And so um, this this master, you said his name was Clo. Mm-hmm. Um, what is his deal? Like he was just a magician who created he cards? He was just and- a magician that created these cards and he was like, well, I don't want to deal with them anymore. My time is done. I I want somebody else to like take care of them, like take take over, like take care of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Magicians, so he put them in a book. Magicians get bored, I guess. <laughs> I don't fucking so know. So he put them in a book for just some random person to discover. <laughs> okay. Pretty much. <laughs> what was the purpose of creating these cards? Just because he could? Because he could. Okay. Because magicians do that, you know, <laughs> wizards. What I don't know. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um. um yeah, but I mean, there's always this. Um, Sakura is like very smart and mm-hmm. she's very like on her feet. 
she's and she cares about people so much. Mm-hmm. So I think she was kind of like a chosen one. Like it appears like she's random, but I feel like in the in the end, I feel like Chloe wanted her to find the book. I okay. feel like you know, because there's this whole discussion about her mom. Her mom has already passed away when all this is happening, and she's ten when she finds the Chloe cards. So. There was always this discussion that her mom was kind of like a like a savant. Like her mom had like magical powers too at some point. But okay. she never got to know her mom. So she doesn't really know like, you know. Mm-hmm. So I feel like she was the chosen one. That Chloe always wanted her to be the one, you know, to find the cards. I don't know. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> she's like, she has like a big heart. She's like the biggest heart. And she's always caring about her friends and her family and people that she doesn't even know about. She's always like, no, you gotta help them. <laughs> so I, I, I feel like you have to have a certain heart and a certain mind and like sense of responsibility mm-hmm. to kind of deal with that. Cause it's a big burden. Like some of the cards that she captures, you're like, fuck, I could have <laughs> killed you. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like She's like, it's okay. We'll, we'll what, be fine. <laughs> what's like one of the most dangerous ones that she's had to go against? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I would have to pull up the list. There's like so many. There's like 50 cards. There's like 50 or 52 cards. Okay. Um, Jesus, I can't remember. Well, we'll move on. And then <laughs> like, if you think of it, remember. you could just stop me. Um, one of the oh yeah yeah so um you mentioned that her mother has passed away mm-hmm. she doesn't really know her mother uh, yeah. what about her father where is he her father is a professor at the university and you only see him when he's cooking so oh. <laughs> okay <laughs> apparently her dad and her brother are really good cooks she has mm-hmm. an older brother too okay by the way, way. she's <laughs> an older brother and like they're very like close family like they're very caring for each other and her dad is always like kind of like her cheerleader um and yeah, the the few times you see him in the series, old and new, he's cooking hmm. or like he's reading. Yeah. So he's there. <laughs> we know he's there, but he's not. He's very... just not like prominent in the show. No, no. Okay. No. Her brother is a little bit more. Okay. I do remember her brother. I don't, I never remembered that she had parents. I always remember yeah. the brother though. Yeah. Um. So what is their relationship like? I know he doesn't know what she's doing, right? He- he kind of knows. Like, I feel like he senses. She's never openly told him what's mm-hmm. going on. But I feel like he knows. Because there's too much weird shit going on all the time. <laughs> like, yeah, he has to have, like, some kind of idea. Like, and I feel like the brother is also very, like, um, oh, my God, I can't English. What's the word <laughs> I'm looking for? Um, I think he can feel. Like, he can tell. Like, um, uh, um, Empathetic, yeah, empathetic, yeah, empathic. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, like he he has some kind of sense of power sense. Like I can I or like intuition. Yeah, or, like or he some has kind something of, going on. Uh-huh. I, I know I feel like he has something going on because he can sense when she's like going through something, he can sense it. Mm-hmm. He's like and his way to, to show his affection is he starts like uh, like making fun of her or like <laughs> messing around with her. He was like, you don't know how to cook. I have to cook for you. I have to feed you. Like stuff. It's a very, very nice relationship. It's like older brother, little sister, mm. sibling relationship. And it's it's really, really cute. Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, the American version, I always felt like he was annoyed with her more than no, he cared about no, her. No, he loves her so much. <laughs> what the hell, America? Why do you have to ruin everything? <laughs> 
no, 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 no. Okay, no. okay. He's like constantly worried about her because mm. she's going through all this shit and he knows she's going through something, but he can't help her because she doesn't tell him. Mm. And she honestly doesn't want him involved anyways because she's like, no, what the fuck? You know, you can't. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'll deal with it. So, no, no, they're super, he's always taking care of her. He's always feeding her. Um, yeah. For some reason, the brother has like a bunch of jobs too. Like he's oh. always running off to like some kind of job and like literally in the series, you see like there's like a like a like a whiteboard and everybody writes down their schedules on the board so everybody knows where everybody is. Uh-huh. It's really cute. And they're like, oh, you're home early. Yeah, that job didn't call me. Oh, cool. Hi. Let's eat. <laughs> like so like their relationship is really nice. I mm. really like their relationship. They're really close and yeah. Do they ever talk about the mother? They do. Like they show um there's a picture of the mother in their like kitchen or living room and they don't talk about her specifically but they always mention her like Sakura always says hi mom, bye mom. She just looks at the picture. Mm-hmm. She's like um and Sakura's best friend's mom was best friends with Sakura's mom. Oh okay. So Sakura sometimes would ask Tomoyo, her best friend, her mom. She would ask her, hey, how was my mom? And she would be like, oh, your mom was beautiful. Your mom was gorgeous. She was the best thing. You look so much like her. Yeah. Sakura's best friend's mom is obsessed with Sakura because she reminds her of her mom. Okay. Yeah. It's really funny. Like, that's what I love about this anime, that everything is so intense. And, like, you can feel it. Like, everybody's expression, the facial expressions and, like, the relationships. Everything is so, like, intense. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> Clamp did a really good job in transmitting those feelings. I mean, making them come across, I guess. Mm-hmm. Clamp is the, the... Clamp is the creator of okay. the manga and the anime. Okay. Even in the manga, you can feel it. You're like, ah, because their, their <laughs> art is so, like, the faces are like, ah. The, uh-huh. the art is so, so neat uh, and pretty. So emotions come across very strongly. At mm-hmm. least for me, they come across... In the manga and in the series. Mm. Sometimes paper, you can't make feelings come across mm-hmm. as well. But they did a really good yeah, job. Yeah, there are some artists that are that are really, really, really good at that. Really good, yeah. On point. So, um, so we, we are now touching on her best friend. Um, and I want to know, like, she's, she's out finding these cards. But is there, like, um, any, like evil or forces that are against her in this journey? No, or it's just, like... It's not evil. It's just untamed power. Hmm. So the cards are just like wild cards. Okay. And then when she captures them, they calm down. Okay. So they're not evil. There's nothing really evil. At least in the first series, there was not an evil force. It was just, yeah, wild cards. And she needed to capture them so they could calm the fuck down. And Mm -hmm. they did. And we're good. Yeah, okay. It wasn't nothing evil. Um, the new series, though, there's this weird ass dude that <laughs> keeps on like stalking her and like haunting her and like making her pass out. Oh, have making her have weird dreams. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> so I I don't know if there might be an evil guy in the new one, but <laughs> I'll find out. <laughs> it's just like weird pseudo magician. That's I don't know. Um. And the OG one, she had a rival 
who later becomes her love interest. Oh. So he also wants the cards because he's also a magician. Okay. And he's trying to like beat her at capturing the cards, but he doesn't have she he doesn't have her magic. He doesn't have her key that captures the cards. He doesn't have what she has, but mm-hmm. he's very like I hate you. I want those cards in the okay. beginning. So that's um the boy that we see in the series. Okay. A boy with kind of like a Chinese kind of outfit, like a green Chinese outfit. Yes. yes that's I the think boy. I know so at first about. he he wants the cards for himself. Mm-hmm. He just appears out of nowhere like, yo, I'm a magician from Hong Kong. I want the cards. And we're like, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, later on, things, but things change. She, <laughs> she she eventually lets people kind of help her on her journey. Yes. So her best friend Tomoyo knows. Mm-hmm. She knows everything that's going down. She knows everything. And the cool part about Tomoyo is like, she's kind of like this humor aspect to... I guess you could say the drama when capturing the cards. Tomoyo's obsessed with Sakura. I would even say like, I would even go as far to say that she's like in love with her. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's a very strong sisterly love. Like uh-huh. it's intense. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, Tomoyo creates costumes for Sakura. So every time Sakura captures a card, she's wearing a new costume <laughs> that Tomoyo has created for her. And the best part is Tomoyo likes to film her. So whenever Sakura is capturing cards, Tomoyo brings out her little camcorder. You just see her with her camcorder. And she's like, go, go, Sakura-chan. Go, you can do it. I'm right here. And Sakura is like worried about Tomoyo because Tomoyo has no power. She can't protect herself. And she's uh-huh. like, Tomoyo, go away. Don't stay too close. And Tomoyo's like, no, I'm fine. I want to capture every single second of you. Yeah, it's intense. Oh <laughs> and She's like the ultimate fangirl, yes. but also like the ultimate like yes. lift them up. Uh. She's like the ultimate cheerleader slash uh-huh. fangirl slash I don't even know, like groupie or something yeah, yeah, yeah. because the she's hype like man in the corner. Yeah, she really is. And then what's even funnier is that Kittle, the guardian, uh, Sakura's guardian, he's like, film me, film me. And then <laughs> instead of helping Sakura, he's like joining like the troop of Tomoyo filming Sakura. And Sakura's like trying to capture this car and you're like, film me, film me. <laughs> so that's cool. <laughs> yeah, there's like, so th- this is the dilemma that most cosplayers that want to cosplay Sakura face because there's so many costumes mm-hmm. that she's worn on the show to narrow down like your favorites is pretty tough Mm because her costumes are like so pretty. Like if you go online and Google Sakura Carcaptor's costumes, there's like, and they're big and fluffy and stuff because she's always like in the air, like jumping around and stuff. So Tomoyo is like, more movement, even better. (laughs) So yeah, Tomoyo is like, I want you to try on this costume I made for you. And Sakura's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Why? Does, does Tomoyo ever uh, design them specifically for like uh, like capturing a specific card or anything? Or does she just like every day has a Yeah, new thing? well, she doesn't, they don't know what card they're going to catch. Uh-huh. So, but oddly enough, the costumes <laughs> go with the cards. So, <laughs> so maybe, maybe Tomoyo knows more than she lets on. I don't know. She, she's a troll, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> She's such a troll. In the new series right now. Okay, because so this is the thing. Tomoyo's mom is like the CEO of this massive company. Tomoyo's like hella rich. Okay. She's like the friend you want to have. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's like super rich. So 
in the new series right now, a couple of episodes ago, uh, she's like, Sakura, come over to my house. I want to try something with, I want to try something on you. And Sakura's like, okay, sure. She's probably a new outfit or something, probably a new costume or whatever. Um, Tomoyo asked her mom's company to create a drone so she could film Sakura, like, you know, all around, like 360. (laughs) (laughs) So Tomoyo tells Sakura, well, this is in like the testing stages, but we'll try it out. I'll test it on you. (laughs) She was like, because I was so sad. The last time you captured a card, I wasn't able to film it, you know, because you were like in a, in an angle that I couldn't, I couldn't catch it. I couldn't reach it. So Tomoyo has this fucking drone. (laughs) That's going around Sakura. And Sakura's like, what the fuck? My <laughs> friend is, so is insane. I guess that's better because then Tawail can really be out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Like she could just control that with her with her smartphone and be like, okay, cool. There she is. Um, yeah, what? that was really, really smart of the new series that they updated it. And it's very like, oh, we all have smartphones. Uh-huh. Oh, there's a drone or oh, it's a... <laughs> They have a GoPro. Like, they actually integrated today into the series. Right. What was the uh, time span between the original one and this new one? It was almost 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, because the original came out in 1998. Mm -hmm. And the new one came out last year. Oh, my God. Yeah, so we were waiting a very long time. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah. Wow. I just figured that there was always something going on in between. <laughs> no, I mean, at the end of the, at the end of the second movie, because there was first season, first movie, second season, second movie. At the end of the second movie, you know there's room for it to go on. But you mm-hmm. just don't know how, and the way they did it was very clever. So first season, Sakura captures all the cards. Okay. Second season, the cards transform from Clo cards into Sakura cards. What so they become mean? her cards. They're no oh, longer oh, Clo's right, cards, right, right. but they become her cards. Okay. In the second season. And now, what does that like do anything different? Like what what is the significance of that happening? Just that she's like the master she now? She is the master of okay. the cards now. Like she has control power over the cards and nobody else can like use them. Nobody else can, you mm-hmm. know. Um and then in the new series, what was very interesting is she, she was having this weird-ass dream with this weird-ass dude that we don't know who he is yet. Or who she is yet. I don't know. Um, she wakes up and her cards are all clear. Mm. They're empty. So that's why it's called clear card arc. Because mm-hmm. all the cards are like completely empty. And she's like, well, fuck. <laughs> and now she's capturing cards again. But the cards are different. Mm. They're not... the Because clo- the Clo cards and the Sakura cards stayed the same. Mm-hmm. They were the same cards. They were just different master and the clo cards were brown sakura cards were pink okay so we were like the distinction between and then in the ova sakura actually created her own card like she created a card um it was called the card of hope so Uh she created her own card of a pure love and all that bullshit so (laughs) (laughs) it was very fun it was very cute then this new series the cards are completely disappeared like there's no sakura card there's no trace of the sakura cards and mm. now she's capturing these old new cards and we're like well fuck she has to capture all these new cards and i feel like people will correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like the new cards are like more dangerous like more mm. powerful but i guess that makes sense because she's older mm-hmm. like in the og series she was 10 mm-hmm. 
and years have passed and now she's in junior high. Okay. So she's older and she even says to herself, I need to start acting like I'm in middle school. I still act like a child. And I'm like, yes, you do. <laughs> you still act like a child. That's fine. Um, but I feel like the new cards are like, to me, they feel like more hardcore. Mm-hmm. So now she's finding all these new cards. She's like, what the fuck? So, and yeah. so there's no, we don't know so far why we don't know this why. all happened. We don't know where the soccer cards are. We don't know. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want to go back to uh, one of her guardians. I think you said his name was Yue. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, I know, kind of like has a double life. Yep. Um, what's that about? So Tomoyo, I mean Tomoyo, um, Yukito is his name. He is Sakura's brother's best friend. Mm-hmm. Yukito, at the beginning of the series, is just like, oh, I'm Sakura's brother's friend. I'm here. It's cool. Sakura actually has a crush on him mm-hmm. initially. And I found that interesting because I feel like the attraction was not like, oh, I'm in love with you. I have a crush on you. I feel like maybe deep inside she always knew that this guy was going to be her guardian. Mm. I don't know. I feel like it because eventually we discover Yukito is Yue. Mm-hmm. He transforms back and forth like Kero, but Kero transforms into a little plushie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Yukito transforms into Yue and back and forth. Mm-hmm. But Yukito does not know of Yue. He does not remember what he does as Yue. Mm. Yue does remember Yukito. Okay. It's very interesting. Um, so yeah, that is Yue. And he doesn't really appear as Yue until like towards the end. Okay. Um, when he's like, oh shit, I need to help. So he comes. He's like, oh, hi. I'm the other guardian that's going to help you. And... Okay, so um, in like <clears throat> when you meet Yukito, you <coughs> haven't met Yue. Yue. Mm-mm. Okay, so he doesn't show up okay, until okay, later okay. in the game. Yeah, huh. all right. It's really cool, and um, yeah, the brother is very protective of not only Sakura but also Yukito. He's like, yeah, <laughs> I think. There's something going on there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was censored in the American version, but the Japanese version, he was like, yeah. Well, I know. Okay, so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I read something about... So Sakura has... A, there's another little boy that she's friends with who she eventually... I guess they fall in love with each other or something. Yeah, that's the boy. Which, the boy that wanted to take her cards away. Oh, oh okay. Um, oh, I didn't realize they were the same person. Okay, yeah. so... Um, in in I read that in the anime he was always very shy around Yukito or was it Yue? I'm not sure which one, but he was always very like shy around him. He'd always turn red around him yeah. and everything, which I guess was supposed to signify that he had a crush on this guy. Yes, but in the American version, they made it that he was afraid of him. No, he. So like I told you, Yue and Yukito are really hot. <laughs> 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 because okay. I mean Yue is hot but when he is Yukito he has glasses and he's kind of like dorky looking but he's like really cute like uh-huh. he's he's beautiful like he's really so everybody's in love with him Sakura's in love with him <laughs> her brother's in love with him Shaoran that's his name Shaoran the boy is in love with him but it's because I feel like he has all this magical power mm. inside of him that makes him like so attractive. Mm-hmm. But he's also just very pleasant. He's like, he's so sweet. He's like, 
Oh, hello, Sakura-chan. How are you? And she's like, dro- like drooling for him at the beginning. Um, but he turns her down nicely. In a very, that episode made me cry. I was like, why am I crying? <laughs> um, yeah, he also had the hots for Yukito. But that's not a surprise to me because he's hot. So there you go. Okay. Um, so is, okay. Um, so I know that a lot of, shows or you know movies or whatever we we end up getting like comic book versions or manga versions or anything mm-hmm. like that um in the manga are is that like a uh, continuity is the continuity the same is that uh, what do they call it um why am i blanking on the word <laughs> canon is it canon with the anime it's uh it's the anime is pretty close to the manga they don't steer away from it oh so the manga the manga the came out an adaptation from of the, the manga. manga. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought they were like separate stories. Yeah. No. No. It's uh, just live version <laughs> of the manga. Um, and if you see the manga, like the original, it's like super fat. Mm-hmm. Like I can't. It's like it's like two omnibuses of oh. like, yeah. So it's pretty big. And I haven't read the new one. I probably should. Shame on me. Um. <laughs> I, I usually like to read the manga before I watch the anime. Just like I like to read a book before I watch the movie or the mm-hmm. show. But this time, I, I was a bad, bad girl. Bad Jen. <laughs> I watched the anime before the manga. I couldn't help myself. Yeah, yeah. I needed to watch it. Um, okay, so uh, I remember in the anime um, that Sakura would use some of the cards to help her capture cards yes. that she was trying to capture. Um, and I feel like there was one in particular that she mm-hmm. loved to use. Was there, or am I imagining that? I felt like she, like, every other episode would summon this one specific this one. Maybe one it was, like, the original she one. caught or something. I don't know. Like, maybe um, it was a wind card or something? The, she used the wind a lot. She used the element cards a lot just because, you know, wind, water would help her, like, steer the direction of whatever she was trying to capture, mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, but usually... And this is happening in the new one too. Whatever card she captured last, she would use to capture the new one. Oh. So it was like one bouncing off the other one. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool because basically they said, hey, this girl actually has to think on her feet and be like, well, how do I capture this card? What the fuck? Like, <laughs> so she would have to like uh, brainstorm in like five seconds what card to use. Mm-hmm. And pray to God that would be the one to help her capture the other card. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting to see how she has to like basically think, you right. know, like use her brain and be like, whoa, maybe this one will work. Maybe this one will work. This one. But she's like, but I don't want to hurt the new card. And that's how you know she has like, such a big heart. She's like, I don't want to hurt the new card. I don't want to take it by force. I want it to be like a peaceful capture. <laughs> like She was very like, I want to keep it like, you know, Kumbaya. Are there any that she's afraid of? <clears throat> Are there any that, that she's afraid of? Maybe she went up against and that she's just like, I'm never using this card. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that's not no. See, that's the thing with Sakura. She's pretty fearless. Mm. And because she wants to like help people so much and keep people out of harm's way, I never really felt her hesitate. Or be like, oh, fuck this. I'm leaving. No, I never really 
she was always like, we can do this. I can do this. And believe in yourself. And you got this. And she was kind of like that kind of attitude. So I don't mm-hmm. really remember. Talk my head a card that like. Towards the end, obviously, the cards got stronger. Mm-hmm. And they were harder to capture. Mm-hmm. Um, but n- overall, she was pretty like, I can do this with the help of my friends. Yeah. <laughs> it's so pure and precious. Because, <laughs> like, I guess because I'm like trying to but i could be wrong i could be i haven't seen the og in a long time um because i guess the way i'm like picturing it in my head and this is kind of like what i just do i just always try to make everything more adult trying, than it is i'm trying of course um, you do. <laughs> i'm trying to this is a children's cartoon <laughs> and so i'm just like just like it's trying to so like, pure yeah and so i'm in my head picturing that maybe there's like one or, or if there was ever a moment in which she was like afraid for maybe like her life or anything because this seems like she's going up against these powerful <laughs> things and i'm just like how to and like because i'm so jaded i guess i just like have this like sad you don't outlook believe on in life. the power of love <laughs> i'm just and like the power of friendship like, she had to struggle at some point because like Every episode, she was capturing a brand new card. Yeah. And, like, it never expanded more than that, I no. guess. Okay, so... <laughs> that just, it's a pure show. It's a pure show. <laughs> Stop destroying the purity of it. God damn it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, so I'm looking at the list of the cards, and I'm trying to see one that... No, I mean, if you look at the... Even the names of the cards are, like... The arrow, the big, the bubbles, the cloud. <laughs> well, that's scary. That the dark is scary. Actually, that episode is interesting. The, the episode where she captures the light and the dark. Mm-hmm. She has to capture those two cards at the same time. It's okay. actually a good episode. It's coming back to me as I'm reading the cards. The create, the dash, the dream, the earthy, the erase, the fight, the fiery, the float, the flower. Come on, the flower. <laughs> What is a flower going to do here? Uh, if you have allergies, <laughs> it'll really mess the you fly, up. The fly, the freeze, the glow, the hope. That's the one that she creates. So I guess I guess we could all just, you know, agree that Chloe is the original good Clo- guy. Clo is, he loved life. Chloe is loved a deranged love. motherfucker. Oh, was There it? was no reason for him to do this. <laughs> And yet he did. Okay. That's just my opinion. Like Okay, okay. So everything else about the show was pure Chloe was deranged. I mean I guess he wanted to do like magical tarot cards. I don't know. Because if you look at the cards, the design is of a tarot card. Mm-hmm. They're the same length and the same width of a tarot card. Mm-hmm. And they're like a tarot deck. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe he was just bored and be like, I don't know, maybe I want to make magical tarot cards and see what the fuck happens. Um, the, okay, uh, I have like one more question, and then yeah. we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. But um, the the guardians, do they ever talk about him in any way? They do. Like, like, do they look back fondly on him? Yeah. Were there any? Okay. Yeah, yeah. They were like, oh, Master Claw was the best. Like, he left us, bitch. <laughs> did he die or did he like go away? He went away. Mm. He just went away. Do we know why? And well, see, you have to watch it. But <laughs> <laughs> he kind of comes back okay. as a boy. He like mm. reincarnates in like a boy that actually helps Sakura um in the series. He's mm. a boy with glasses with blue hair. Okay. He's kind of like a mini clone. Is this okay? So I, I have only seen like the first two episodes of the new series. Mm-hmm. Is he the one who's like Skyping her or whatever. Yes. Okay. 
All right. Yes. That makes. That's sense. why she. That's why when shit goes down, she's like, she's calling him. He's like, oh, help me. And his name is Eddie. She's like, help me. What the fuck is happening? And he's like, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out because he is like the reincarnation of Chloe. And he knows that. Like he understands that's like the same person. Basically, he's just a child now. Yeah. Okay. He's just a child. He's a man child. Okay. All right. So. <laughs> Um, I'm going to I'm going to wrap it up with these two last questions. Okay. My first question is, where do you want to see the show go? Is there anything that you're like kind of hoping for? Are there any unanswered questions you want answered? Well, I want to see if this person that's like taunting her is evil, because uh-huh. that would be interesting to see her actually interact with an evil force because mm-hmm. she hasn't done that so far. That would be pretty cool um, because she's not she's not a fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the same thing with like, um, it kind of reminds me of Seder Moon. Um, Seder Moon's final battle, she was basically fighting this like chaos like that had gotten inside the Seder Guardian's body. And Seder Moon is like, no, I can save you. And instead of using a sword to strike her, she like just starts flying towards her and you're like, really, bitch? <laughs> she go kill you! She go kill you! <laughs> so the cool thing about these magical girls is they're not really fighters. Mm. Like, they don't use the magic to hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if this figure that is appearing throughout the series is evil. It'll be interesting to see how Sakura deals with that. Because mm-hmm. um, she's also older. So mm-hmm. she's not 10 years old. She's like, what, 13? 14? I don't know how old she is. Um, years have passed. So <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how she deals with that, I think. Do you I think that know. they'll ever answer questions about her mom, whether or not, or have they already, whether or not she was magical or anything like that? Do you I'm think pro- that's I'm something sure that we should learn? I feel like it'll be cool. It won't rob away from the series. It'll just add. It'll be a cool add-on, mm-hmm. I think. Um like I said, I haven't read the manga. It could be that it's in the manga. I don't know. Yeah. I have to read it. I'm not the best person um, to ask about that. But that would be cool if they explained more about her mom. Um, that's why I like seeing Tomoyo's mom. Because Tomoyo's mom always talks about Sakura's mom. Mm. So it would be cool to see. Yeah, if they ever. Because mom's there. Just looking at everybody. So. Yeah. I feel like the mom has something to do with everything. But <laughs> that's just me brewing conspiracy theories. Yeah. So. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then my last question for you is, um, obviously we, we spent the whole episode talking about this, but um, kind of like, I guess, wrapping it up in a nice little bow, like what 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 is it about this show that you love so much? And like what draws you to this show? I think, uh, I mean, the art is just superb. Like it's just so pretty to watch like I, I I'm constantly like I watch it on my phone I'm constantly taking like screenshots <laughs> of like segments of the episode because it's just so pretty the colors the the way they draw them they're very expressive mm-hmm. and it's just a cute show it's just really it warms my heart Warms my heart, makes me giggle. I don't know what it is about it. And the fact that it makes me react the same way 20 years later mm-hmm. is like, what? Because <laughs> I can see it like making me giggle and like get all warm and fuzzy when I was like 12, 13. Mm-hmm. But I'm 30 years old. Like, uh-huh. I'm like, 
oh, what? <laughs> Mind blown. Like I was at work today watching and I was like giggling and my coworkers were like, what the fuck? And I was like, don't ask. Yeah. You don't want to know. <laughs> how, do you, how do you explain that to people? Like you just can't, you know? Yeah. So um, the fact that it can still make me react to that way and feel the way I felt when I was 12, 13 is kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's so it's it's a it's a good kumbaya, warm, fuzzy feeling kind of show. Yeah, mostly because there's no violence. I think that's a big part of it. I mean, I- I'm all for violence. Don't get me wrong. I freaking watched High School of the Dead and I laughed throughout. I don't know if you know High School of the I Dead. I don't. High School of the Dead is about zombies mm-hmm. that are like invading Tokyo, and these students are end up locked up in a school, and they have to like fight their way out of the school. It's kind of like a cool. I think it was a video game at some point. I don't remember. I might be bluffing, but um, <laughs> it's very gory. Like, and I was laughing throughout the whole <laughs> thing. And my husband is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Why are you laughing? I, Battle Royale. I laughed through the oh, whole really? movie. I laughed through the whole movie. I was like, this should make me feel a certain way. And it's not. Uh-huh. There's something really wrong with me. When I see violence, it makes me laugh. Uh huh. Is it like an uncomfortable laugh, or you no, just like, like genuinely a, find it's it like funny? It's like a hearty from the belly laugh. Okay. Because like, <laughs> I, I find myself when I when I hear something that's so like like if it's something that's so offensive mm-hmm. or something that's so like you know racist <clears throat> or you know whatever like my gut reaction is just to laugh and because like, like even though like someone may say it as a joke, but I know it's really offensive and yeah. I'm like so shocked. I think that's what it is. I yeah. laugh when I'm shocked. Okay. <laughs> no, I get angry when I'm shocked. I mean like, what did you say? No, I, I get ghetto. No, um, but no, it's just funny. I think it's because it's so ridiculous. Uh-huh. It makes me laugh. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so violence is funny and Sakura is it's warm and bubbly. It's warm and bubbly. <laughs> and it, I think because it's violence-free and my life is so stressful. Mm. It's like a, like a sweet release. It's kind of mm. like when you eat a Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. By the way, this is not an ad for Snickers. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's a peanut butter Snickers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Reese's Buttercups. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. So yeah, it just gives me a warm, fuzzy feeling and it's a very happy cute anime so oh. yeah well that's good i i I'm, I'm contemplating going back and watching the original because like i said i i'm have started mm-hmm. the new one yeah um, so i'm wondering if i should do that and then continue on or if i should just like i mean you'll understand you'll understand the relationships better if mm-hmm. you watch the original one for sure mm-hmm. i mean you'll kind of get a better feel of you have to watch the originals and the movies okay because <laughs> the movies tie in between the seasons mm-hmm. Um, they always do that. I love them for the doing that. Um, so yeah, I would recommend watching. The, I actually thought about watch rewatching the original myself as well because it's been so long. Mm-hmm. It's been like, I think I watched it when it first aired, and then I started watching it again when I moved to the states because I had good internet where I could download it from. <laughs> um, and then I started watching it and I stopped because I got distracted with other animes that came out. So that was ten years ago. And mm-hmm. I tried watching it again. And I haven't seen it ever since. It's been a while. So the information of, of it is stored in my head. Like I uh-huh. know who is who and what is what and why is why. But 
I don't know. I feel like I was like, should I watch it again before the new one comes out? I think I might go watch it after the new one is over. Okay. I might go watch it again. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, I would, I would definitely watch the original one. You have to. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Okay. Cool. Then that's <laughs> that's what I'll do eventually. I'll, I'll maybe I'll I'll watch it and then go into the new ones. Maybe I'll just watch it. I don't know, whatever. I'll decide what I do. But I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> do it. Do uh, the thing. Yeah. All right, Jen. Um. So if people want to follow you and and things that you're doing, I know you do very interesting things. Um. Kinda. Especially involved with like cosplay and anime and stuff. Uh. Where can people find you? Um. Well, I have a page. Um. On Facebook, it's called Info Tacos, and then Richard can spell it for me later. Um. Info Tacos. We used to be really active. We used to do gatherings, cosplay gatherings, and we used to go to the cons and stuff. We kind of took a break, um, but it's there. Like sometimes we do stuff. Sometimes we get together. We go to little Tokyo and hang out. We dress up. So, and I like to promote other cons. So if you want to know about other events or cons happening in LA, I usually post it on that page. Um, but yeah, you can. We're on Instagram too. Instagram and Facebook, and Twitter. Yeah, InfoTacos is on all those three social media platforms. And then awesome. if you want to follow me, I'm on Instagram. What's my IG? <laughs> I think it's... Well, well if you can't remember, remember it now, I'll put it in the show notes yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'll <laughs> People put can it. find it there. I think it's TomoGen86, I think. Yeah, but, and you yeah. do a lot of cosplay that of stuff I've never seen before. <laughs> Every yeah. time I see you, I'm like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny because people recognize me more in cosplay than out of cosplay. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I haven't dressed up in a while, but you can follow me. I post some throwback cosplay pictures. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here and talking no, to me, thank Jen. thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It was yeah. fun. <laughs> Yay. So that was Jen Barrios. Um, thank you, Jen, for being on my show. All of her information is going to be on the show notes. Uh, just go either to the episode show notes or to her guest page on the on the website. And all of that you can find at interviewanerd.com. Interviewwithanerd.com. I never get this stuff right. <laughs> all right. So uh, we're at the end of the show now. But before we go, I'm going to give you guys my recommendations uh, for the episode. So there are two recommendations that I have. The first one is Sense8, the season two finale. It was like a two hour episode um, finale. And I'm so, 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 so happy that they did this because remember it got canceled and then they weren't going to do anything. And then the fans were freaking outraged as, as they should have been. And, um, then they Netflix decided, okay, we're going to give you guys a finale. We're going to let you guys wrap it up. And I don't even... Okay, so this is the weird thing. Because the Wachowski sisters... I think they're sisters now. Yeah. The the Wachowski sisters created the show. And, and they worked on it together. But then I think the last episode, only Alana Wachowski did it. Wachowski? Is that their last name? Anyway, uh, only Alana Wachowski worked on it. I believe she wrote and directed it. And so it was like, huh, why didn't, why didn't Lily come back? <laughs> but anyway, I loved this finale so much. I think it was definitely fan service. For sure, fan service. But I felt like in the best way like nothing ever felt to me like it was too much or that they were playing to us too much like everything 
I felt like I deserved everything that they gave us. And so it was, oh, it was the most diverse show on Netflix and probably TV. I mean, they had people from every nation. Okay, not every nation, but they had people from all around the world uh, in this series. They had every kind of sexuality in this series. Maybe not asexual, but they had everything. Like, everything was there. Um, And it's honestly, it's a very liberal show. Um, But you know what? I'm a liberal person. I'm here for it. So I just, oh... I love this series so much and maybe one day, you know, in in years to come, I will go back and watch it again. But it's one of those series to me that was just obviously it has its faults, but to me it was perfect. Like it's just perfect to me. Um, And I loved it. I loved it. I'm going to I will gush about it for the rest of my life. I loved it so much. Um, So that's my first recommendation. My second recommendation is not as lighthearted. It is the movie called Hereditary. This is directed by um, Ari... Oh no, I don't remember his last name. Um, uh, Ari... Uh, Okay, well, it's directed by Ari. And it's starring Toni Collette. Um, If you guys have not heard of this movie, it's so good and I keep hearing that it's one of the most terrifying movies that we've had since Exorcist now to me I didn't find it all that terrifying there were I think really really good horror centric moments like some some psychologically uh terrifying moments but it it didn't um scare me in the way that I was thinking about it for at night and like couldn't sleep and stuff like that. Like it didn't do that to me. I know it's done that to a lot of people, but uh, not to me. Um, And, but I just, I loved it. The performances, oh my God, Toni Collette needs an Oscar. Why she hasn't won one yet is, but this role she's done so well and I'm not gonna spoil anything, but there's a scene where the family is eating dinner and Toni Collette has a monologue Oh, that gives me life. Like she took us to school. It invoked in me the emotions that by if you could see me moving like my arms and going crazy right now, uh, it, in, it invoked the same kind of um, amazingness that Viola Davis gave us in um, Fences when she has her moment of snot crying. <laughs> if you've seen the movie of the play adaptation, the adaptation of the play, um, then you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it kind of gave me that, like it was that much emotion thrown at the scene and oh, she's so good. They are both lovely. But um, anyway, I recommend it. If you can um, stand horror films, um, I wouldn't necessarily call this just a straight up horror. I think it's more psychological, uh, especially with the content they're messing with. Um, It's good. And it takes a really good look at mental health. Maybe not a really good look at mental health, but it takes a look at mental health and psychosis. And um, it was effective for me. The ending uh, was a bit... Uh, interesting to me and I wasn't completely on board with it but after I took a while to think about it I was like yeah okay I'm I'm 100% down with that so anyway uh go see it if if you're at all interested because it's really good and I think watching it in a theater uh would be a good experience but go to like a good theater because the theater I went to the audience was not good 
there is a sound effect that happens in the movie that the audience kept doing throughout the film, which I was not happy with because I was like, is that the movie or is that the audience? <laughs> so um, if you can find a theater that you know the audience is going to be good at, go to that one. <laughs> if it's playing, I hope it's playing near you guys, uh, wherever you may be. Um, yeah, so that's the episode. Those are my recommendations. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, thank you for bearing with me. This was a long episode. Thank you for bearing with my crazy emotions earlier on and just throughout the whole series <laughs> so far. Um, you guys make me comfortable, I guess. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. Uh, you can catch the show online at interviewwithanerd.com. Also interview a nerd on Twitter. Uh, we don't have a, 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 an Instagram or a Facebook. It's all on Twitter. That's where we post the episodes as well. Sometimes I post little things about like what I'm reading and stuff. Uh, little panels I like from comic books. Things like that. And sometimes I like to retweet some good positive things that uh, some comic book artists and actors and whoever creators are are talking about. Because um, like I said earlier, I, I try, I really, really try to be more positive than negative, even in the face of adversity adversity um is that that's the word i want right <laughs> you know what i'm talking about either way even when faced with a bunch of negativity i try to come back at it with love i do get angry believe me i get angry but um i don't sometimes anger is the answer yes because it gets shit done but i don't have it in me to always be angry because it's very destructive for me personally uh, so I always try, or at least try, I really try to err on the side of love and positivity. Not always working for me, though. My own internal dialogue is always negative. But outwardly, I try to be very positive. Um, so yeah, that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening to me ramble and ramble and ramble and listen to this episode. If you have any comments or if you have any anything you want to say about Card Capture Sakura or anything like that, you can always go to the website um, interviewwithanerd.com. There's a comment section there. I want to say it's fixed now. I know it was giving some people some trouble, but if you can't um, get on there and you want to send me an email, richard at awkwardhuman.com is where I'm at. I will look at all your emails and I will reply to you. And if you want me to read anything um, on the air, I will be so happy to. And if you don't want me to, I won't. Also, please go to iTunes if you're listening to iTunes and uh, rate the show because that would be lovely. It will boost my ego, that's for sure. <laughs> so uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. I've said that like a million times, but you know what? I'm grateful. So whatever, deal with it. <laughs> uh, that's it. Thank you guys so much. Um, remember, like always, be kind to one another. Stay very positive if you can. Take care of yourselves, and I will see you on the next one. Bye.